Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I got the answer to your question, so call me a yacht. Everybody knows the bottle lock. Some try to test us, and you can too. But you can't step over like your name was Talu. Bloody Daddy, we'll stop the party. AC in the place, Blake or Valor, and everybody. Don't come through if your game is weak. Get knocked on your ass. Maurice Cheeks. Top five. The NBA, at least that's what's happening at the beginning of this episode of the podcast. Who knows where it'll go from here? But first, we got to rewind back to the end of last week. I told you about some premier matchups that were going to happen on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I'm not sure if any of them actually delivered on the ones I thought would, but there were some big performances, none bigger than Luka Doncic scoring 73 points on Friday night against the Hawks. Just four or five, however many days it was since after Joel Embiid scored 70 of his own. I was watching this game early on and clearly he was on one, as they say, but I couldn't have imagined he was headed towards the total, which he logged by the end of it. Once I was made aware that he was getting to that point, I turned the game back on and uh, Atlanta was really trying not to let him score. Those last few points came uh, with a lot of work. DeJounte Murray was back to his all defensive style of play against Luka and it uh, didn't help very much. And it's interesting that it was against the Atlanta Hawks who famously traded Luka for Trey Young. That's got to be one 
that they're not very happy about. It's not quite Charlotte Kobe Bryant, but it might be getting there. You know, we might end up there. We'll see how the rest of Luca's career goes. But Atlanta, Luca is the one who got away. I know the consolation prize was Trey Young, but you know, there's whispers in the wind that you'll be trading him away. So what was it really worth? Especially if you end up empty handed. Also, over the weekend, there was a classic between LeBron James, Los Angeles Lakers, and Stephen Curry's Golden State Warriors. You went down to the wire, and the Lakers came out victorious. Both headline players, James and Curry, put on classic performances, and it was a matchup that indeed lived up to its billing. Another Los Angeles success, the Clippers went into Boston and trounced the Celtics. I don't like what's going on with these Clippers. Ever since the James Harden trade, I've got to make them enemies of mine. But it's hard to deny that it's working out pretty well at this point. Everybody's playing. Everybody's contributing. They are looking quite impressive lately. On Sunday, there wasn't much to watch. But surprisingly, the Wizards pummeled the Thunder in a matinee game. I put that one on out of boredom. Football hadn't started yet. And while I was amused that they were tying things up early on, I did not imagine it would have ended the way it did. I figured the Thunder eventually pull away and it didn't happen. The Wizards get to, I don't know, I'm sure they're not at double digit wins yet. And it might be a surprise if they ever get there, though they got to be getting pretty close. Oh, and I'd be remiss, of course, if I didn't mention as a Sixers fan that Joel Embiid did not play in Denver on Saturday. That was disappointing to me. So it did make it fun to watch all the reserves put up a solid fight against the reigning champions, though ultimately for nothing and merely a moral victory. But whatever. Then they went in and lost to Portland as well. Um, Everybody uh, is focusing on Joel not playing. He didn't play in Portland. Then he played against Golden State and now he's injured. And who knows what's going to happen to him? I'm uh, hoping that this injury Report comes out and it's like, hey, he can't play for the next five games so we can wipe the slate clean with this MVP shit. We can say, okay, he's not going to make the 65 game minimum. Let's move on. Let's stop talking about it. Now, of course, we'll inevitably focus on the fact that Tyrese Halliburton is not going to make an all NBA team because of the 65 game minimum and disaster will ensue. Blah, blah, blah. They'll walk back the rule. Who knows what's going to happen? But everybody's talking about it. So I'd rather not. So let's move on. Ben Simmons returned from injury and put up a near triple-double, which is kind of funny that that's a stat, a near triple-double. Lots of people get near triple-doubles, but rarely do we celebrate them with this kind of fervor that everybody had behind Ben Simmons' 10 points. Did he look good? Yeah, he looked fine. Will it continue? Nope. He was out for the following game with knee soreness. Look, I wanted to love Ben Simmons. I have a bobblehead of him in my garage that I refuse to throw out. I even welcome, that's not true. I was going to say I even welcome the idea of bringing him back to Philadelphia if he was making like a league minimum. It would be a very strange situation, but I would welcome it. But there's just something about this guy, man. I don't know. I don't know. I was a big fan. I'm, I'm being honest. I was a big fan. I was, there was a debate early on in the Sixers, uh, Embiid, Simmons era where it was like, all right, if, if we got to get rid of one of them, which one do we keep? And well, largely like everyone else, I said Embiid, you still had to consider it right? And now you would never consider which one you keep. We kept the right one, whether he plays or not, whether either of them play or not, they kept the right one. And I'm glad to no longer get caught up in that debate. Speaking of getting caught up, former NBA star Rajon Rondo was caught up in a little bit of trouble over the weekend in Indiana, caught with a gun and weed. Nothing really to report. I just felt like saying some shit that happened. Tuesday night featured 
two premier players, Damian Lillard and Kevin Durant, returning to teams they once played for. And there was a stark contrast between the two. In Portland, Lillard received a respectable reaction. And despite his protests, Kevin Durant was met with a tribute video in New Jersey. I'm sorry, Brooklyn, to a smattering of booze, some cheers, some who knows what to expect there. Who knows? And I feel that both of them were appropriate. And interestingly, the Bucks lost to that game in Portland while the Suns trounced the Nets in Brooklyn. Elsewhere in the evening, the Thunder defeated the Nuggets, but there was no Jokic. A lot of injuries this week. The Heat beat the Kings. The Wolves beat the Mavs without Luka, without Kyrie. Who cares about that game? And while the schedule was full the rest of Tuesday, there aren't a lot of games to talk about. The Bulls, Hornets, Cavs, Pistons, Pelicans, Rockets, Magic Spurs, they all went as you'd expect them to go. Look it up if you need more information. Moving on. Thursday night featured the reveal of the all-star reserves. Why do we call them reserves? Can't we call them bench players? Is that too much? Is There's got to be a reason they say reserves. These, these are the bench players. These were the ones who weren't good enough to be voted as starters. Of course, they're great basketball players, and they are good enough. They just weren't. Anyway, I just think there's something strange about calling them reserves. Reserves are like people you hope not to need. You use them just in case. The injury replacements should be considered reserves, not the bench players. Anyway, okay, here's what happened. Let's start with the Eastern Conference. Everything mostly went chalk, although there was a couple of inclusions I was a little bit surprised by. First, we had Jalen Brunson. Should have been a starter. Here he is on the bench. That makes sense. Tyrese Maxey was also elected to his first all-star appearance. Donovan Mitchell, we saw that one coming. Jalen Brown, I thought that would be there as well. These three are all a surprise for me, though I don't know who I would put in instead. Uh, Bam Adebayo, Julius Randle, and Paolo Bancaro from The Magic. The biggest surprise, I admit, is Julius Randle. Though this may be a clever way to get in another name, I think a lot of us saw us dislocate his shoulder the other evening. Uh, actually, I was watching that game live with my daughter, and she wanted to keep watching the replay. I didn't want to watch it at all. It's weird. Am I squeamish now? I didn't think I was like that before, but maybe I am. Remember when Corey Hill broke his leg on a leg kick? Rest in peace, Corey Hill. Was that live? I don't know. Did I look that up? I feel like I might have. That was a different time when you had to watch MMA prelims through the internet. I forget how it was done. Anyway. Who would I have put in? I think I would have put in uh, Kristaps Porzingis. Who the fuck is Tengis Tengis? Instead of Julius Randle. And look, I'm a Sixers fan. I hate admitting that I would put a Celtic on there. I've just liked what he's done when I've seen him play this year. The funny omission to me is Trey Young. So whatever we have to do to make that happen, I'm glad that it did, though he will inevitably be an injury replacement for either Julius Randle or Joel Embiid, both of whom I expect not to play in this game. And if they do, that seems um, unintelligent. But this is coming from an idiot. I wouldn't be surprised if old Adam Silver, who chooses the replacements, slots in Derek White to make a lot of people happy. But that remains to be seen. Moving on to the Western Conference. Only one name jumped out as a surprise to me. You had Stephen Curry, Anthony Edwards, Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis, Devin Booker, Paul George, and Carl Anthony Towns. That last one is the one I wouldn't have put on this team. I would have accepted any players from the Kings. Obviously, De'Aaron Fox or Arvita Sabonis' son. The West is a little strange because there's a lot of teams with two players and it's not the best ones aside from the Wolves. I guess I'm just saying the Lakers and the Suns, but you could argue that they'll be at the top of their conference. Probably not the Lakers, but you know what I'm saying? The Suns and Lakers are uh, playoff teams, I guess, right? There are no Pelicans 
on the roster, though I don't think there should be. James Harden isn't on the roster. And hey, I don't think he should be. I do think he's like borderline this year. And had he been in the East, he'd probably make it. But just notable because last year that was the cause of his meltdown or the supposed cause of his meltdown for the rest of the season. And meltdown's a little bit strong, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, The word was that he was upset that he didn't make the All-Star team last year. And that affected his game, his mood, all sorts of things. And was one of the reasons why he asked out, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I don't understand. But Whatever. It's all good. I just wanted to make a personal note and say it out loud that I realize he's not there and that could be interesting. On the TNT broadcast when they were announcing this, Charles Barkley mentioned that he thought Miles Turner should have been up for consideration. And while I don't agree with that, I'm a little bit I wouldn't be totally shocked if Adam Silver slips Miles Turner in there as one of the injury replacements, being that the game is in Indiana. They already have one player on there in Halliburton. But I know they like to get a hometown guy in there as well. As I have mentioned before, the original plan for this episode was to have a back and forth with a guest. And we were going to go over our picks prior to them announcing them live on TV. But a late scratch will ruin several people's plans. Tell that to the Sixers who were just fined $75,000 for Joel Embiid's late scratch on Saturday against the Nuggets, which, by the way, we've gotten the injury report back from his MRI results. It is a lateral meniscus injury to his left knee. Who knows how long he'll be out? It didn't matter, though, on Thursday night as Fresh off the announcement of his first all-star appearance, Tyrese Maxey put up 51 points in Utah against the Jazz. My man was bombing threes from all over the place. He's got speed. He stops on a dime. He's arguably one of the best finishers in the league. I don't know what percentage he's shooting from three. If his defense were a little better, you might consider him for the MVP. I'm not saying we should. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying he's an MVP candidate. Don't get me wrong. But I was happy to see him go All out after that announcement. Elsewhere around the league, there was a bunch of strange results. The Lakers went into Boston without Anthony Davis or LeBron James and beat the Celtics, who are killer at home. The New York Knicks defeated arch rivals, the Indiana Pacers, without Julius Randle or OG Ananubi. They are on, I think, a nine-game winning streak. Actually, the hottest streak in the NBA right now with a nine-game winning streak. The team with the longest losing streak is the Charlotte Hornets, and they didn't play last night. They're at a five-game losing streak. Maybe I'll give you updates on the best streaks each episode of the podcast. The other game from Thursday was Cleveland sneaking one out against the Memphis Grizzlies. I don't think that one was ever really close. Memphis is playing extremely shorthanded. Their injury report was long and exhausting yesterday. And Cleveland, I believe, nearly has everybody back. The other news on Thursday was a trade. Yes, a trade. A trade of two players who aren't playing. The Grizzlies dealt Steven Adams to the Rockets for Victor Oladipo and three draft picks. This is interesting for Houston of what they'll have next year. The assumption is Adams is going to come in as the backup to Sengun, and they've got a big, long, and tough lineup now between Adams, Sengun, Jabari Smith Jr., Dylan Brooks, and the little guy, Fred Van Fleet. I don't think that'll be the starting lineup. That's not what I'm saying. Jalen Green is there as well for now, although All indicators seem to be pointing to they want to trade him. I'm not sure for who, who wants him, but we'll see. It doesn't feel like the Grizzlies gave up much and they got two second round picks for 2024 and one for 2025. Uh, My guess is that Victor Oladipo gets waived as again, he hasn't played this year either. 
So since it's just me and you already know that I'm a Sixers fan, I might as well end this with some thoughts on Embiid's injury, what they should do moving forward, how it should be treated. What do we do with this season? Is he out forever? Who knows? All right. Right now, they're saying he's expected to miss at least two games as the team explores treatment options. Whatever that means, I'm not sure. To me, it doesn't sound good. I don't know if it's a tear. I don't know what the results are. I'm certainly the furthest thing from a doctor. I just know that it's not good. Throw the MVP stuff away. Who cares about the awards? What I think they should do, and this is my instant overreaction, what I think they should do is nothing. I think you should do nothing. I think you should let him sit for as long as you'd like. Basically punt on the season. If you end up a low seed in the playoffs, who cares? Don't make a trade. Let that cap space just clear up at the end of the year. Try to sign somebody, although Philadelphia is not really a destination. I don't know exactly what you do. This is what I just feel like. You'd let Maxi go wild for the rest of the year. If you win some games, great. If you don't, oh well. I mentioned to some friends of mine last night that it's kind of like a weight off the shoulders if they sit and bead for the year. Because right now, it's like high expectations, but you know the results are going to be demoralizing. You know they're not going to beat Boston in the playoffs. And I don't know what would have to happen to make that seem like it's even possible. In order to compete with that lineup, they're going to need somebody new. Let the Knicks have that fourth seed or third seed, whatever the Sixers would typically occupy. Drop back to the play-in. Let's do a play-in season. We've yet to be involved. It'd be nice. It'd be fun. Expectations. Again, basement level low, just riding on the enthusiasm and pure joy of Tyrese Maxey. If they win, they get in. Great. I don't know. Look, I'm looking way into the future. I guess it's just a couple months, but it feels like a long time. The repercussions of this season, who knows what exactly they'll be. In my opinion, if Embiid goes down with an injury, it wouldn't make much sense for him to ask out at the end of it. It's not like the team failed him. It's just his body and uh, nobody can blame anybody for that. You bring him back after an all-star season for Maxi. There's, uh, there's a lot of optimism. Again, get in a new, fresh and friendly face. Hey, Paul George, you still haven't signed an extension. How would you feel about coming to Philadelphia? The perfect third wheel in this relationship, I think, though unlikely. Just please, please, please do not trade for Zach Levine. I beg you, Daryl Morey. I think what'll be more disappointing is if after like two games and a weekend, they bring back Embiid and then they just kind of slog it out and suck in our middle of the road for the rest of the year and then lose in the second round of the playoffs as they usually do. Anyway, it'd be like, well, what was all that for? That's just my overreaction for right now. As the season goes on, I'm going to continue to enjoy having Patrick Beverly. If they trade him, I'll be very disappointed. I'll enjoy what I assume will be the last season of Tobias Harris. And of course, the exuberance of Tyrese Maxey. Hey, maybe even Paul Reed can do something meaningful with the increase in minutes he'll inevitably get with Joel Embiid's injury. We'll see. We'll find out quick. The storylines will not stop for the next week, at least in the NBA, as Thursday, February 8th, is the NBA trade deadline. I expect that not a lot of things will happen. That's my big expectation. Not a lot of trades are going to be going down. I feel like all the big trades that could have been made have mostly been made. You'll see like a Zach Levine to Detroit and nobody will care. Not even Detroit, not even Chicago. Though it might be interesting if DeMar DeRozan ends up somewhere. DeJounte Murray is, of course, a big name in the news. Both Bogdanoviches, the Bogdanovi, are said to be traded. But I think for the most part, we won't see any big deals. But you know me. I'm always wrong. So join me next week for another episode of Punks and Dunks, where I'm almost certain 
a guest and I will be having a conversation about the latest trade news. Until then. Boom shakalaka! Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.